Welcome, everybody. This is a modern-day Samaritan woman bringing to you another episode of Healing for the Nations. We are on a journey together to the heart of our Father. And on that journey, we are helping one another to be aware of the spots and the wrinkles on our wedding dress, on our wedding attire. And I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but I know I've got spots and wrinkles on the back of my wedding attire. So I need truth tellers to come alongside of me and speak the truth in love and help me to see those spots and wrinkles in my wedding attire so I can do something about it, so I can take responsibility and do something about ironing those wrinkles and using spot remover. So I'm super excited today because I have a very special guest. She has been on the show before, and I am welcoming back Dina Smiley. Dina, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me back. So I'm really excited about today's topic, and Dina, would you please share with the audience a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I am by degree and profession, a clinical social worker over 20 years and have worked in many settings from psychiatric inpatient units to outpatient mental health clinics and now a very small private practice ministry. So audience, if you hear anything in the background, Dina is Dina lives on a farm. <laughs> so she's got little critters in the background. Yeah. So, anyways, so today's topic is a really heavy topic, but it is a topic that we need to be discussing more, bringing awareness to the forefront, and that topic is sex trafficking. Dana, you have a lot to share with our audience, so what I'd like to do is just hand the mic over to you and have you just bring to the airwaves the things that the Father's laid on your heart. Thank you. Yeah, so obviously sex trafficking is not so much of a new thing. Many of us have heard about it over, I don't even know, the last, let's say, 20 years. But I think it's something that we constantly need to bring back to the forefront of our minds because it's easy to say, yeah, I've heard about that. And you listen to whatever brought it to your attention in the first place. And if you don't have that constant reminder, it just gets shuffled back in our brain. And maybe we don't do anything with that information. It came to my attention through a church ministry, but same thing, like most people, I heard about it and I thought, wow, that's that's awful. It's terrible. How could this be happening to people in our time? But just like I say, with most things, there's nothing new under the sun. And this issue has been an issue since people were roaming the earth and, and living in their sin and making bad choices. So, But it's become such an industry now that that's where I think my heart and mind has gone to. And I've had some amazing firsthand experiences in this realm of sex trafficking. So I'm going to start with statistics because I think, again, we need to have some of that information on the forefront of our mind. How big is the problem and who does it reach? Who does it touch? And it it's pretty phenomenal. So there are worldwide over 27 million people that are enslaved, many of those in 
sex trafficking. There's also some labor trafficking and, and different things like that, but definitely high, high, high on sex trafficking around the world. And a lot of the statistics that I have are from the United States because it would be very difficult to go country by country or even continent by continent and extrapolate that. So a lot of the examples, like I said, are for the U.S. and I know you have an international reach, but just so they can grasp in our country, so the size of our country, which also means potentially if their country is the size of ours or smaller or larger, then that would have some flux. But there are 100 to 300,000 children that are sexually exploited in the United States. The average age in the United States of a victim is 14. I have a 14-year-old right now. He's a boy, but I cannot imagine that happening to my 14-year-old. They can be as young as five. A five-year-old have definitely been known to be trafficked in the United States but more so internationally. It's very, very common to see a child brought into trafficking at five or six years of age. Trafficking is the second largest source of profits for international organizations, crimes, and drugs. Wow. So it's almost overtaking the drug crisis that we have around our world. That's crazy. It's, sec it's basically <laughs> second to drugs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And definitely intertwined, of course. It's a $32 billion industry. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Whoa. A child is bought or sold for sex approximately every two minutes. <gasps> oh my gosh. So if we did the math of just the time of your show, that's too many kids. <laughs> wow. Too many kids, right? One's too many. Yeah. One is too many. Yeah. One is too many for sure. Yes, absolutely. Oh. Um, about 300,000 children in the United States are at risk of being prostituted here in our own country and or, you know, potentially shipped abroad or with the borders, you know, down to Mexico, things like that is wow. not on about can, a third. So can, can, you repeat, can you repeat that? How many... 300,000 children in the United States are at risk. Yeah. And we can talk a little bit about what would make that so. I mean, some of those factors are, especially again, in where we are right now and what we have seen happen over the last three years, such an interesting time frame, how the family has fallen apart, how the family has been pulled apart, how the family has been attacked yeah. The nuclear family, right? In the in our social system, in our cultural system, gender confusion, all these different ideas that are out there attacking just the family. Then there's the socioeconomic, obviously children who are more subject to poverty are more at risk. And then especially children who are in what we call the system, who are in the foster system, are at great risk because they lack those attachments. And so they're easy prey for these predators that would want to bring them to be trafficked. Wow. So easy, easy prey. I hate easy that prey. terminology. I know. Easy but prey. Oh. It makes them more vulnerable. Yeah. So about a third of the teenagers that are on the streets 
uh, you know, for whatever reason, whether they're running, they're homeless, they're whatever those things are that that take them to the streets, will be lured toward prostitution within 48 hours of leaving home. Another terrible terminology, lured, mm-hmm. lured, groomed, mm-hmm. prey. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So in 2019, I guess another U.S. statistics, one in six children that were reported missing in the U.S. was likely a victim of sex trafficking. And most were in the welfare system, like we talked about, when they disappeared. So one in six. The average victim of sex trafficking, this is another shocking one, has only a seven-year life expectancy. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's shocking. Right? Because and then, the life, the, that, that life, um, whatever they endure must be so horrific that I just, I can't even wrap my mind around Right. That. So if they started when they were 14, what we said, you know, the average age of a child or a victim, then they only live to 21. That's that seven years because they're pumped full of drugs, mm. they're brutalized, they're abused, you know, and either that takes them or worse things, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, the odds of escaping human trafficking are about 1%. Wow. Wow. Yes. Yep. So it's next to impossible once you once once, once you're nabbed. Then- once you're nabbed, it's next to impossible. It's really, really, really difficult. They keep, I mean, they keep them trapped, chained, locked, all the things that again, those are those things that we hear and we go, <gasps> you know. And then if we don't keep that on the forefront, that just gets lost in translation, and you know, be, just becomes something we once heard maybe. One day, 95% of girls born in a red light district, so often this is in other countries, will be sex trafficked and die in captivity. 95%. That's heartbreaking. That is just, that is heartbreaking. Yes. And then here's, here's the, the big one. It's, it's a small example, but it's a statistic that is known. So a person who is a part of sex trafficking they might have a quota of five to 15 tricks, calls, or dates per night times five days a week for five years. This person, this young girl, this 14-year-old would be raped 6,000 times. Oh, my. I can't even wrap my brain around that. I can't even fathom that. I know. It's horrible and disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... If that isn't enough, then that isn't enough. Those are those are my main statistics. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of stuff out there. So it, it's it's a massive, massive problem, right? So then we go into it. It feels so big or and so overwhelming. Um, my personal experiences. I, I will share about two phenomenal organizations who have been in the trenches doing the work with these women and girls. One is here in the United States and one is in Nicaragua. So an international example, because they're very, very different in terms of how they go about things, who they touch, what their reach is and and what the programs do. But their goal is the same to redeem these women and girls lives. And not only to redeem them, 
but to redeem them for the kingdom. Amen. Yeah. So the biggest factor for these women and these girls is the hope that they learn that they have through our heavenly father. Yeah. And his love. Um, so it's interesting as I was looking at both of their histories, they both caught the vision for doing this work in 2001. And I find that fascinating because oh, here both we are the same, 20, the both, same, year. The same oh, year that they caught the vision. Now, how it all came about, those timelines are different, but I just think how awesome that um, these two that I have such great experience with both started catching this vision in 2001. So the local organization here in, in the United States, it's in Tennessee, and it's called Blazing Hope Ranch. Um, it was a vision of a young couple, Jolene and David Haggard, and they just had a vision of a ministry ranch, and they weren't exactly sure what that meant. They were kind of ranch people, horse people, and just thought, what if we could do this? What if we could find a ranch and, and do something for the kingdom? And then in 2016, they definitely got the direction that it was for sex trafficking and human trafficking. That vision became very clear for them, and they were given... I mean, I think it's like a, you know, one of those leases where it's like $5 a year for 30 years or something crazy, some amazing amount. They were given a ranch property to use as a six bed residential facility right here in Tennessee. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures right now as we speak. Yeah, it's Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yes, yes. And so they actually tend to have women in their facility that are over the age of 35, which is kind of their niche. They just, that's just what the father has brought to them. These women who have been in this, this lifestyle have finally come to the realization or, you know, because it's so much different, the international um, ministry that I will talk about, it's more like the women truly get rescued. And some of these women at the ranch do have some rescue stories, but it also just becomes a choice that they finally get to walk out of the lifestyle. So it just depends on the dynamic that happens in their life and what that thing is that brings them to seek hope and healing for their lives. So they come and live at Blazing Hope Ranch for a minimum of two years completely free. Yes. And they get all the care and treatment and therapy. They get taught life skills. They see a psychologist once a week. They, you know, learn how to just redo everything and restore their lives into something different that, you know, they walk out of the ranch when they graduate with a new call, with a life skill with a job skill. They teach them how to apply for jobs and look for jobs and gain the skills to get a job. And, you know, the whole array of services that you could ever think of, because it just depends on the woman, everyone's different, but they are given those things while they're staying at the ranch. So the horses are brought in, they do equine therapy, so many beautiful parallels and ways to learn through animals and horses and having that human animal bond is amazing and a huge component of the treatment that they receive at the ranch. That is amazing. So would you please share with a listener 
if they wanted to donate, if they wanted more information, um, where could they go? They could go to Blazing Hope Ranch, all one word, blazinghoperanch.org. And there's always needs. They have a a donor page and, you know, kind of their needs requests listed there. Um, So it's pretty easy to find what they're looking for. They're sharing all the time what's going on at the ranch, what's new, what's happening with the ladies. They have a current need. They're trying to raise money for a new van that will hold all the women because when they do different outings, because the ranch is very remote, uh, it needs to be so that it's not easy for them to just walk back into that former lifestyle or into a populated area where they would be drawn into that lifestyle. Because a lot of them come from out of state too, to Tennessee for this treatment, but you want to keep them out remote where it's it's harder to get places and get back into things. And so they need a van that can easily take everybody into town when they need to go get services or have medical appointments or job appointments or just all the different things that they need to do physical therapy, uh, you know, whatever it is, grocery shopping, field trips, all those things. Um, they're trying to raise money for a van right now, but there's a whole list of needs. There's a list of um, products that they always want for women. You can sponsor a woman um, in all her care and different aspects of care. There's again, there's just so many wonderful ways to get involved with this organization. I love it. And so I'm looking at the webpage right now, and I see that you can also support them by signing up for Amazon Smile. Yes. Um, yes. So that's awesome. I just love it. Well, so we need to go on break. Sure. And listener, when we come back, we are going to continue to talk about this topic of sex trafficking with today's guest, Dina Smiley. So we're going to be right back right after this break. Shalom. Welcome back, everybody. This is a modern day Samaritan woman bringing to you the second half of Healing for the Nations. Before we went on break, I was chatting with therapist Dina Smiley. And if you missed the first half, I want to encourage you to go to Hebrew Nation Radio website, look up the schedule, see when it's going to air at different times. And in a couple of weeks, it will also be uploaded to their main website and it will be under the heading Deliverance. All my shows, past shows, you can find under the tab Deliverance. And I also want to let you know that you can find me on Facebook, Healing for the Nations with a Modern Day Samaritan Woman. And if you are interested, I have a friend who is a recovery coach. Her and I will be starting a weekly Torah portion reading. It's going to be a group of for people who are in recovery but are Torah observant. And we are going to be using a recovery Bible. And we're simply going to read the Torah portion every week out of the recovery Bible and also reading the commentary. So it's going to be recovery focus. For those of you that are interested, we are going to have another Good Samaritan women's retreat. It will be held in Pikeville, Tennessee, June 7th through the 12th. So stay tuned for more information. When we put the website out with a registration, I will let y'all know. So welcome back. Thank you. So let's get into this EFT. What the heck is it, right? (laughs) Letters. There are lots of letters out there. So EFT stands for Emotional 
freedom technique. So it's a technique that teaches you how to deal with various negative emotions, physical sensations, past events, current events, kind of all that stuff that we experience walking through life that um, that triggers us, that gives us that zing inside our body. And so we, we use tapping. So we're using our fingers. Um, what I love about the technique, well, I love so many things about it, is that it's all what the Father has given us. It works with how our body works, so our physiology, how he created us, our mind and our thoughts and our brain, which is so complex, you know, who can truly understand it? And there's been research since the beginning of time about that. Um, but it, it accesses those those areas in our brain that um, that hold those emotional traumas and, and negative emotions for us. And then it works with the energy system that the father created within our body through through the tapping. So it started back kind of uh, it has its roots and not it started. It started with its roots in ancient Chinese medicine. And if we, you know, we understand acupuncture, acupressure, that there's points on our bodies that are more sensitive to different things. They are tuned in and keyed in to our emotions and to even our physical organs. So by tapping on these points, while we're focusing on a particular negative emotion, a physical sensation, or a traumatic event, um, we release those emotions, experiences, events from our past, even if it was something that happened 10 minutes ago, 10 years ago. Um, so we, as we, you know, we go through life, we travel meaning to these events that have happened to us. Some we deal with um, within a normal time frame as we're able to, and some we just can't. And we kind of, we tuck them away or our mind tucks them away, our body tucks them away. And so tapping, whether we know we've trapped it in there or not, helps bring it forward in a healthy way, in a way that we choose when we're ready, how we're ready, you know, what that looks like, but then brings that release and relief from those things that have been trapped uh, within us. So um, just to give some uh examples of things that people have heard about in the therapeutic world, because they still, I'm sure it's hard, usually tapping when I'm talking about it, it's such a visual thing, you, you need to see it. Um, and here we are talking about it. So just to give terms that people um, know about, so EFT is like talk therapy, with the advantage that it allows us to get to the issues faster, though, through using EFT and resolve them more thoroughly. It can enhance massage therapy by adding an important emotional relaxation process. So it's very relaxing. Um, our cortisol, which is our main stress hormone, can be reduced up to 60% by doing this technique. So that's massive because when we're in a heightened state of stress and our cortisol goes up and we're in that fight flight, what that tells our body and what our brain does is it sends our blood out of our brain into our limbs because we don't know, are we ready to fight a bear or take on something? We need that adrenaline and that blood to our limbs or what's going on. By tapping, we reduce that cortisol. We get back into our thinking brain and we're able to better problem solve. 
It blends perfectly EFT with cognitive behavioral therapy because it helps us bring up the issues faster and it creates more and deeper cognitive shifts behind the scenes. So oftentimes people find they're tapping on one thing and they might be getting relief in multiple areas because it gets to that unconscious place in our brain that sometimes we, you know, we can't recall, we can't, we can't get to in any other way. Um, it's like systematic desensitization, except that it's much gentler and often faster. So it's just this beautiful bridge to access all these different ways that we can learn and heal and become free. And so um, there are tapping points that are on our hand and our face, our collarbone, under our arm, the top of our head, which visually um, is hard to, to imagine in talking about it like this. But uh, we go through what we call a basic recipe where we bring whatever that emotion, problem, event that we're struggling with, feeling trapped or triggered in, and we acknowledge it. We bring it forward. And a lot of people, the first question or the biggest question I get asked is, why do we tap on the negative? Like, why? Ooh, who wants to talk about that stuff? We're trying to heal from it. Why would we talk about it? Because if we don't acknowledge it and we just stuff it or repress it or act like it's not there, we can't ever truly heal from it. You know, we have the father knows these things. The world knows these things. The enemy knows these things. So if we don't bring it to the table and say, I'm going to release you thing, emotion, event, experience, trauma, then the work just really can't happen. You know, if we're only focused on the positive, if we're only um, tapping on affirmations, we're just not going to be as effective. We need to bring it forward and acknowledge it. So we go through, we teach people what to do, how to say things, where to tap, how to bring that, um, you know, that negative piece, that negative emotion, experience, traumatic event forward so that the father can then bring his healing. Now, of course, me being um, someone who walks in Torah, I would never do this work without it bringing in his truth and his promises and what we know from scripture. So I, in all of my work, as we're tapping through, we definitely start with the negative, but we end with several rounds of discussing and talking and exploring. But what do we know about ourselves according to scripture, according to how our father sees us, how he loves us, how he is here to redeem all of these things that have kept us trapped and stuck and burdened and in bondage. And so it's such a beautiful thing to see people release and let go and walk in freedom from those things by just using this very simple technique. And once you have it and you've learned it and you're comfortable with it, it's yours to carry for forever forward. You know, I, I definitely recommend people that are dealing with bigger traumas, bigger issues. It's really helpful to work with a practitioner because you don't want to get yourself in some really crazy heightened state and not know how to work yourself out of it. But we can work on it on some of those smaller issues to practice. And then once we feel really good and proficient about it, 
And maybe we've done the big work with a practitioner to the next time. We feel that little sting or we get cut off while we're driving or we have that conflict with our coworker or our spouse or our neighbor or even our child or whatever those little things are, we can just tap and we don't have to go through this. Now I'm triggered all over again. And what do I do? And it brings up that time 10 years ago from this or when I remember now when I was in high school and that horrible event or my childhood with all the abuse and trauma that I suffered and we just keep looping round and around and around. No, we release all that. We walk forward in freedom and then we continue to use this tool to keep us in that space of health and freedom and love and grace and mercy and forgiveness. So, um, I haven't asked you this, but I'm going to ask you now, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, I, you, I remember you saying we, I should talk about that. So, yes, the best way is through my website. So my website is forever free with EFT, all one word, dot WordPress dot com. So that gives another explanation of EFT. It talks about who I am, some other details, um, what services I offer around EFT. And my last tab on my website is my resource page. And on there at the top of that is the link to my YouTube channel. And so that's a great way if you've never heard of this thing and you really can't picture, she's talking about tapping on our body. What? What? <laughs> what? Um, go there because you can see linked right there on my website page is my how to tap, you know, kind of like introduction. What, what is this thing? What, what do you do? How do you do it? What does it look like? So you can watch that and then you can link to my full YouTube channel, which is always I'm always adding videos, but it has many videos already of how to tap for various issues and, and concerns. So there's anxiety there's triggered anger, there's addiction, there's sleep issues, there's overwhelm and so on and so forth. And so people can get a picture as well as trying it out because at the end of every video, I say, practice it, try it out and see if you find yourself forever free. That's awesome. And you also have links there for books that are helpful. Um, I'm looking right now at the link that you um, posted for, an, you know, for Amazon, EFT for Christians. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's how I, I studied EFT um, when I did it with a friend of mine. You know, she kind of brought me into, I had learned EFT actually very briefly when I worked for Kaiser Permanente in that outpatient mental health clinic. And it was at the time where it was like, oh, that that's pretty cool. That's another tool in my toolbox. But I didn't really, I think I didn't really appreciate it for maybe what it was or what it could have been back then. And then she brought it back around to me many years later. And she was like, have you heard of EFT? You know, knowing I'm a counselor, she wasn't. And I was like, yeah, why? And she said, well, I've heard of this thing and it's, I've heard of it before, but recently what's come across to me is Christian EFT. And I was like, what? What? I, no, that's not how I've heard about it. And so we just went through this deep dive of getting trained in Christian EFT, because basically we all know, you know, everything, every good gift from above is from the father and all the ways that truly heal us are also from him because he has created everything. And what the enemy does, it takes it 
and he distorts it and he turns it into a lie. So a lot of people struggle. Well, is, is EFT okay for Christians to do? You're tapping, you're saying things, you know, what is that all about? And so, no, absolutely it is because it's how he created our bodies to work. Like I said, it works with our brain chemistry. It works with the physiology of our body. It works with our organs. It works with our emotions. It works with all the things, all the intricacies of our being, which he created. So of course he created a way that we can heal ourselves through, you know, what he's given us. Um, just like when we talk about, you know, we use our fingers, we touch ourselves. Well, Yeshua healed with touch. Yes. yes. And he used different methodologies with different people. Yes. And so I, I love the different stories in the scriptures that shows the different ways, even in the Old Testament, the different ways that he used to bring healing and restoration. One thing, one of my pet peeves is that people will, they will not be open-minded to look into different methods of healing. They're bleeding all over everybody. Yes. But they want to fight about the 12 steps or about therapy or, you know. And and so one thing that is intriguing to me is with trauma, you have the fight, flight, fawn, or freeze. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you think about the Torah terrorists. Well, they're in the fight mode of the trauma. Yes. (laughs) That's how I look at it. And so... You know, trauma began in the garden. Absolutely. And and so here we are. There's been many studies about the DNA from people whose parents survived the Holocaust or Native Americans or, you know, these people groups that have gone through genocide. They've gone yeah. through horrific, traumatic events and their children are carrying the DNA of trauma in their own tissues, which is epigenetic. Absolutely. I mean, scripture talks about, you know, things to the third and fourth generation, right? And so Mm -hmm. why would we expect that trauma or these, you know, negative emotions, experiences that we have aren't passed the exact same way? Mm -hmm. So we could talk about this all day. Yes. He has called people back to the ancient ways. We talk a lot about the tribes. And we talk a lot about the bride getting herself ready. And so the bride needs healing. And this is just one of the ways that the father is using to bring healing and restoration and freedom from bondage to his people. So I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Once again, please let people know how they can reach you. Yes, my website forever free with EFT one word dot wordpress dot com. Thank you so much for joining us today. And with that, we're going to say Shalom. Shalom. It's been my pleasure. I've been deformed by the
the standards of the norm I have tried to fit myself into some form To be accepted according to the things of this world Have I forgotten your instructions? Cause man made it a law Have I forgotten it's your nature?